Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Front and Nationwide podcast. It is Thursday, December 1st. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving last week. We have some interesting news and notes to go through. I'll go through these quick. Um, I'll ask you first, remind you first to step up, uh, step to the queue, the stage queue. If you want to ask any questions, by all means, send a question by chat if you don't want to speak. But it's always great to have a conversation with people. So so uh, try to step up to the stage if you can, and I'll bring you in here in a couple of minutes. Um, news today from the rink. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Igor Chinikov back to practice. Um, these, there's been some illness running around the room. I just got over COVID again. Um, I'm told it's not, that's not what, what is in the room that, that there's been like a stomach bug coming around. So, uh, anyways, Gaudreau and, and Chinikov back to practice today. The Blue Jackets, of course, travel later today to Winnipeg, play the Jets tomorrow. Finally, a road game. Uh, Patrick Line returned. Uh, his was an illness. It was a, an ankle sprain. He was back for practice Wednesday. I don't think there's official word yet if he's going to play against his former club, the Jets. That's the sense I'm getting, though. I don't think he'd go through two days of practice if he didn't feel like he was ready uh, to play. Elvis Merzlikens returned earlier in the week. He's been skating a couple days before Line returned, so he's close to being back from a groin injury. Uh, that's sort of the, the Good side of the injury news. Boy, there's been quite a wave of, of injuries around here, as you all know. Uh, some updates on Bean and Wierenski. They have both had uh, their surgeries. I believe Wierenski's was right after Thanksgiving. I think it was Friday. Uh, Beans was either that day or maybe early this week. Um, and it's weird. The club has, has never really stepped forward with a, with a diagnosis of Beans that I'm aware of. Um, but I was told uh, from a pretty good source the other day that his injury was very similar to Lorensky's. Um, and so they're on the same time frame, four to six months. Doubtful we'll see either of them again this year. Um, not in practice today. Matthew Olivier and Daniil Tarasov, so I'm not sure what their status is for for uh, Winnipeg. If Tarasov, if uh, Merzlikens is ready to go, of course, Tarasov could well be on his way back uh, to Cleveland. Uh, some minor league news or futures news, if you will. Uh, the Blue Jackets with two entry-level deals signed yesterday uh, to forwards Luca Del Bell Belouz taken in this summer's draft, uh, second round, I believe, and James Malatesta taken fifth round, I want to say, at last year. Uh, both forwards, both uh, impressive young prospects, both now under three-year entry-level deals. They remain in the Ontario Hockey League. Mal- Malatesta may be in the queue, actually. I should I should make note of that. Uh, but they're both playing in the Canadian junior system, um, where they will – could be next year, although Malatesta could graduate next year to, to the AHL, I could see. Um, Luca Del Belbelouz is a pretty impressive young two-way centerman. Uh, so certainly a player to watch there. Um, and here's another little tidbit you may be interested in. Jarmo Kekalainen, Blue Jackets general manager, is on his way to Switzerland uh, later tonight. He'll have lunch on Friday with Alexander Texier and Texier's agent. Um, and he's going to watch Texier play two games in Switzerland. That's not scouting necessarily, but just checking in 
as he said, this is more about how Alexander Texier is doing off the ice. I don't, it's certainly not a plea uh, to get him back this season. That's not going to happen. He's, his loan agreement with his club in Switzerland, ZSC, is for the full season. Um, but Yarmo Kekalani making it very clear they do want Alexander Texier back. They still see him as their player. Um, but th- that's not what this mission is. This isn't even a, you know, let's get promises for next season. This is just a how you doing, almost a wellness check, if you will. Um, so we've got a story posting on that uh, to the site. It might be up uh, right now, actually. It may have just posted a couple minutes ago, a little afternoon here on Thursday. Um, so those are the news or notes. I, I encourage you to step forward with questions. I see just a couple in here. Um, there's so much to talk about with this team. What does the season mean right now? Is there, are you, are you looking forward to the rest of the season? What are you looking to the rest of the season uh, about? Um, are you already obsessed with the 2023 NHL entry draft, which by the way is loaded with talent, much better than last year's draft and loaded with centermen? Uh, that's good news. Is this the year that Columbus finally gets something out of that? Uh, not something out of that, something elite out of that. Is this where they find their, you know, Crosby, their Matthews, their McKinnon, those players that have always just missed Columbus. They've gotten some great players through the draft. Uh, They've also had some big misses. I don't need to tell you that. But is this year that they get the plug-and-play superstar like a Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli? Um, Those guys are available. And uh, I, I just from talking to scouts a little bit, still very early in the season in the process, of course, they are as excited for this draft as, as just about any draft I can remember in terms of the raw and special talent at the top. Uh, Yarmo himself is going to start uh, dedicating more of his time than he ever imagined, I'm guessing, um, in the second half of this season to amateur scouting. Uh, not. Uh, replacing his amateur scouts, but getting enough information to challenge uh, some of their observations and really uh, maybe really uh, drive the point home how important this draft is for them and uh, what they might get out of it. So there's your news and notes. Uh, We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's a little after noon. Uh, We've got two people up on on stage. We've got three other comments. Two of them questions in the uh, chat. Uh, Burke M says, woohoo draft. Um, I feel you, Burke. I feel you. Um, If you have a question about that, by all means, weigh in. Uh, Let's go to the uh, stage here, if we can. We have three questions in here. John, after you there. I guess my question more about the the ELCs, like some, uh, like what are the significance of those? Like, how, how does it, like, what does it mean for, a player to sign an ELC. Yeah, so when you draft a player, so these guys are currently in the junior system right now. This doesn't mean they're coming right to the NHL, of course, but what it means is the Blue Jackets have expressed their rights to these players. Uh, when you draft a player from the Canadian Junior League, you have two years to sign them. So Malatesta, if he had not signed at the end of this season by the deadline this summer, he would have gone back into next year's draft. 
So this is an expression that the Blue Jackets, we, we like you as a player. We'd like to keep you. And this is Malatesta saying, yeah, I'm in, man. Let's sign an NHL deal. Now, when they when they turn pro, these are the uh, contractual agreements, the obligations they'll play under for the first three years. Uh, there's a minor league salary, uh, AHL, and there's an NHL salary, which is quite a bit more. Um, there's also a signing bonus in there that they get now. Um, so it is for a lot of kids. This is the first, the draft is huge. This is the first really big moment where you put your name on an NHL contract. It doesn't guarantee anything. You still have to be good enough and, and play your way into the league, but there aren't too many guys that sign entry level deals and don't end up getting a shot at some point in the, in the NHL. Okay. So, yeah. I, I knew they had like, like, like rights with like a, being a being their draft pick, but I, I yeah. know that they, they like the 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 uh, yeah the Canadian juniors have their, like a an expiration date on that. Yeah, and you, the college kids you draft, you've got them until I believe it's four years or until they leave college. Um, you can't sign them whether in college, obviously, because that's a pro contract and and they're still considered amateur um, athletes. Although I wonder if you can do NIL deals while you can't do an entry level deal. But anyways. Um, it's different for each kid where they're drafted from. Um, Juracek signed out of Europe. Um, he can go to the American Hockey League as an 18-year-old. Neither of those two could go to the American Hockey League. Malatesta and Del Bell Blues. That's why um, now Cole Sillinger could because he was drafted out of the USHL, not the Canadian Juniors. It's kind of confusing, but um, Juracek's under the same entry-level agreement that those guys are, but it applies differently based upon where he's from. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for the question. Uh, to uh, we got Burke back in here. Burke, can you hear me now? Yep, I can hear you. Awesome. Okay. Go ahead. So, oh, I am a part-time Jackets fan and actually part-time Kings fan. And real. Um, no, yes, is, you're a case study, but go ahead. Yes, sir. A uh, little background. I'm from Los Angeles, but I'm going to school at Ohio State. Nice. Okay. Well, welcome. Um, Thank you. So, um, in case you weren't aware, the Kings this season have been having absolutely atrocious uh, goaltending. Um, yes. So so bad that uh, Cal Peterson actually got waived yesterday. Correct. Despite signing a massive deal. Yep. Um, and looking at the two organizations I happen to be a fan of, yes. I was thinking that there could be a potential match for a trade, you know, around the deadline, mm-hmm. as the the Kings have a glut of right defense prospects that are very highly regarded, and Eunice Corposalo has a contract that would be um, rather movable. What would your thoughts be on a potential deal like this coming together? Do you think it would be in the interest of both organizations? Do you think the Jackets would even consider moving someone like Corposalo? Burke, I think it's a, I think it's a really uh, reasonable thought, and it's, um, yes, they would consider moving a player like Corpusalo. I think there's, there's um, a couple of things that the Blue Jackets are hoping to sort of figure out here before the end of the season. They get some time here. Um, Elvis Merzlikens just started the first year of a five-year contract. I get the sense from a lot of 
people in the fan base that they're ready to make Dan, Daniel Tarasov the number one guy here. And he has looked the part at times. He is a really bright prospect. I think the Blue Jackets feel that Tarasov is close to being NHL ready. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think they want to rush that. Um, but listen, he is the future of the organization, either along with Merzlikens or instead of Merzlikens. Now, my question is, can the Blue Jackets get Elvis up to speed? Elvis has not played well, and it's, it's too easy to say that that it's all been Merzlikens because it hasn't been. That, that would not be fair. Uh, but it's also not fair to completely absolve him of this. This team has really steadied. They don't have the firepower to to hang with most teams, but they have really steadied and played smart, uh, responsible defensive hockey for a couple of weeks now, which was really desperately missing early in the season. Um, what they need is for Merzlikens to come back into this uh, team and play like he can play and fit into what they're doing right here and have them play well with him. I think that that goaltending situation for the Blue Jackets is really volatile, but I think they feel like Tarasov needs to play regularly and needs to start getting like games on the regular. And that's probably most likely to happen at the AHL. And it only happens, honestly, if they still have Corpusalo and Merzlikens here. Now, I don't think they stand in the way of a trade just for that. There are other ways to assure that that uh, Tarasov can stay in the American Hockey League and play if you don't think he's ready to come up and just start being Elvis's backup here. Um, so I do think they would entertain that. I'm not sure, uh, frankly, that the Kings would be at a point right now to trust Corpusalo. I think he's played well. He's coming off hip surgery. He's coming off a couple of rough years. If I'm them, I want to see him play uh, more regularly and and consistently good before I take that plunge. I think there are options out there for them or will be options out there that are probably seen as less risky. Uh, Corpusalo is in the final year of his deal. He'll be looking for a longer deal. I think a team like the Kings could get a real a real steal with a player like, like Corpusalo. Um, but it feels to me like a little bit of time needs to pass for that, A, for the Blue Jackets' comfort level, but especially for the Kings' comfort level. And as for the the the, the D that they'd be willing to part with, I'm not sure they'd, they'd be willing to give up a top four potential player for the remainder of this year for Corpusalo. Um, they may need some assurances or a sweetener beyond that. But I agree with you. I think it's a great point that the Kings and the Blue Jackets make a lot of sense as trade. What about partners. what about one of the one of their more mid level prospects that's getting closer to NHL ready? Someone like Jordan Spence or Jacob Mobarare, if you're familiar yeah. with those. Yeah, you know, I don't know either of those players enough to to say how the Blue Jackets feel about them. That of course would be the definitive. But it, if if they like either of those guys and think they're NHL players, it's a deal that makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. Maybe in a maybe in a month or so, if the Kings can hold on that long. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate you answering my question. Yeah. Well, thanks for the question. It's a good one. I appreciate it. Uh, let's go to uh, Nick 
S. Nick, go ahead. What do you got? Hey, Porty. Thanks for all you do for us. We really enjoy Thank you, man. everything Thank you're you. doing. Um, kind of a two-part question. Do you have any insight or where do you think the chips are going to land on Gabrikov and what are the Blue Jackets going to do with him? And the second part of it would be a lot of rumors out there about Horvat and not going to stay in Vancouver. Yarmar yeah. always talks about centers aren't available. Now there is one in right. his prime of his career. Do you think we would make a run at a guy like him? Yeah, so let me let me go first to the to the Gavrikov question. It it's it's not um it's not a worry point yet, but I can see how it would become one. He is a UFA this summer. This is a team. If you've watched him play, Nick, I'm sure you have. That's not an area of the ice where they have a lot of um, wiggle room to just be giving up good players. My God. Um they need all hands on deck on the back end. They've got a wave of players coming, but Gavrikov is a quietly probably an underappreciated player in the NHL, a really solid guy uh, for them. I don't think he's been great this year. He'd probably be the first to tell you that, uh, but this is a really good player. Now they're asking him to, to be a top pair guy with Borensky out. And that's a tall order. And I, I still think most nights he's doing pretty well. Um, at last check, they have had preliminary talks about a contract, and they weren't anywhere close. Um, now, that doesn't mean that they can't get close. That doesn't mean that that narratives are going to change. Um, I, I know the Blue Jackets want to keep him. I also feel comfortable saying that if it gets near the NHL trade deadline and he's not signed and they're not close, uh, to a contract, he will be traded uh, because they this this team cannot allow um, large pieces like that. Uh, they've learned it more than anyone to just leave town without a return. This isn't 2019 anymore where they think they've got to run. So it'll be pretty pretty cut pretty clear, I would think. They want to sign. He's got a lot more leverage on Yarmo. Wishes no question. And, and the longer this goes, the more leverage he has. Um, but they can they can also do some things contractually that other teams can't in terms of of uh, contract length. They like the player. They want to keep the player. But they also have to do uh, what's right for the organization. I think he can really drive a price here, though, to your point. Uh, because, again, this is a situation desperate if you look at if you look at their their blue line. And I know they've got a lot of talent on the way. We're talking a couple few years before those first round draft picks are really cemented in the lineup. Here's the thing with Horvat. Of course, the Blue Jackets would be interested in Horvat. Um, Is he a two? Is he a one? I don't know. On this team, he is for sure a one. Um, And once again this year, the best hopes for that position have crumbled pretty quickly. Roslovic has not been up to the task. Too inconsistent. Um, Sillinger has had, I think we can say it's a bit of a sophomore slump. I think he's been better of late. Not a great start to his season. Um, a, a start that probably surprised some people after how, how good he was as a as a, a, a rookie last year. Um, it's been they've they've been forced to play Boone 
essentially the same role that he had last year. And if you remember, they wanted to dial those those minutes way back so that he doesn't end up as he did last year out of the lineup uh, with a back injury. Um, so of course they would want Horvat. Challenge there is he is a UFA this summer. And unless they would get assurances, I know they've talked to Vancouver about him. Um, of course they have. Every team in the league probably has as, as, as public as that situation has gotten. But there's no way Columbus can trade for Bo Horvat and give up the resources it would take to get him. There's no point in doing it right now, given where this season is, uh, for a player that is not signed beyond this present season. Now, could they, could they talk to Vancouver and get permission to negotiate with him and work a long-term extension? Sure. But ask yourself, if you're Bo Horvat, are you in a hurry to get to Columbus right now? to spend the rest of the season like this rest of the season is likely going to be. If you want to sign with Columbus, you are free to do that. You can do that in the summertime as Johnny Gaudreau did. Um, so that, that seems an unlikely match to me, unless there's a player on this roster that Vancouver wants that they overvalue that Columbus is willing to make the plunge right now. That's just a very risky place to go without him extended. And I don't see Yarmo doing that unless he has some assurances. And I don't see Horvat giving them assurances. So I think that's where that at, is at. Plus, if you're the Blue Jackets, it is reasonable now to look at this coming draft and think you may very well get a crack at one of the top two, three, five players in this draft. There are two special kids at the top. There may be more by the end of this uh, who play center and maybe – if you can get Fantilli or Bedard, the plug-and-play players, if you have a chance of doing that, I think they would probably go that route rather than trying to get a little better by getting Bo Horvat for the rest of this year. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, it does. But I think that you know these two kids that you, you speak of, clearly they, they may not be ready now. It may take them a year or two to really develop. And the NHL is clearly a different league than, than playing uh, where they are today. So... I mean, my thought is, it is that you know, you you got some players in this team are getting older, like Goudreau, and it's not helping that we're in a development stage, and uh, you got this gap between the development and yeah. the and the seasoned right. players. Yeah, I mean, that's something you have to think about. I I do think there are certain players, and again, nobody knows until they get the league. But these guys are talked about as Crosby's and McKinnon's, and and these guys. I mean, even Gaudreau came into the league, I think he was 45. Did he have 60 points his first year? He was a kaboom. He came out of college, so he was a little bit older. But there have been players. It's rare. It's every few years there's a player that steps right into the league and starts to produce. It doesn't take him as long as as you think. Um, The Blue Jackets have been drafting guys later in that first round that do tend to take longer if they, frankly, ever do get there. these guys, if you talk to enough scouts, these guys are seen as being a bit different. But you're right. We won't know until until it's it's actually here. Right. Thanks, Porty. Appreciate it. All right, Nick. Thank you. Um, so let me bring this person into the queue. It, does, it shows up as a blank spot. Um, maybe you just have a signal for a name or a symbol for a name rather than a 
a name or maybe just didn't show up. Who is this? It is nobody. All right, let's go to some questions. Um, to the stage queue, if you can. Um, would love to hear from you. Randy O says, this team needs a top six center. It seems Kent Johnson is the leading candidate for that role, but he's not getting a shot. I realize he is young, but why? Fair question. One that has been asked. Um, one that, is, frankly, Brad Larson is a touch defensive about. Um, he's not comfortable with any of these questions about his centers. Um, I get it. Not a preferred conversation for him. Um, his concern with Johnson, he did get to this uh, eventually, did allow this, is defensively. And you've seen it in some some games where he'll score, and then you won't see him for a while. He has a great concern about Johnson defensively. That's why he's not playing center, and that's why he's not playing a regular shift uh, in some situations in these games. He's among the league uh, leaders in rookie scoring. He's up near the top with some of his good friends from Michigan. Uh, and yet, if you look at his ice time relative to them, it's quite a bit lower. Um, Brad Larson's point is, this is the approach. He's getting better. We're putting him in situations to succeed. We don't want to overwhelm him. Um, I am certainly not in a position to say, this is how you develop NHL talent. I've not played the game. I've not coached the game. I've just watched the game. There are a lot of different ways to do it. Lots of different opinions. Each player, frankly, is a little bit different. Some guys may benefit from the American Hockey League. I'm not even sure that we don't see Kent Johnson go to the American Hockey League towards the end of the season and play center. Um, but th this is their feeling right now. This is Brad Larson's feeling that it's best uh, to play him in comfortable spots, let him be productive, let him play on the power play, and put him in situations where he can he can be successful. It is a challenge for, for anyone to play in the NHL at that age. He is learning, no question. Um, but this is the process that they've undertaken. It's a long season. We're just a quarter of the way into it. Um, I don't, sometimes I caution myself not to, to just kind of relax and let things play out. I think one thing that this organization at the top is very, very careful about is not signaling to the room that this season doesn't mean anything anymore. They don't want that vibe going through the room. As you know, this place does this, this team does not tank. It is not in their, it is not in, in their, on their menu of things to consider. Um, and they don't want to just hollow out that room and let that room know that the expectation is losing. This year, they're not going to do that. Um, Jarmo Kekalainen is absolutely adamant that he doesn't want that mindset ever creeping into the room because it can take years to get it out. So they're going to try to win every game. And Brad Larson's coaching to that end. And this is what it looks like. And they think they can balance that, having a competitive team, um, doing everything they can on a nightly basis, but also getting these young players the right kind of experience. So that's where it's at. Um, Ryan C says, hey, Aaron, thanks for doing this. Yeah, don't thank me, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks for being part. 
assuming they are sellers at the deadline, what do you think they might? What do you think they might trade Gavrico? I think we just got to this. Seems like a guy with some value. Not sure they will have a budget for him. Um, yeah, he's a very well liked guy. To the last part of your comment, Ryan. Um, again, just to go over quickly, he is a UFA. Uh, they really can't afford to lose him. But if they're going to lose him, they can't afford to lose him for nothing. So if it gets to the trade deadline and it's clear he's not going to sign here, I find it very hard to believe he'll be here on the other end of the trade deadline. That's not a chance they can take. Uh, Bradford says, any more traction to the idea of loading up Cleveland with the young guns and going for a Calder Cup? With KJ on PP1, that's looking less likely. Yeah, Bradford, I, 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 I you know, I, I don't, um, it's not on the cusp of happening right now. One thing to look for with these guys, and I think this is this is an interesting sort of in-between. As this season, I believe it's in March or shortly after the trade deadline, team NHL teams have to uh, clear players on the AHL roster so that they can get them down for the playoffs. This is something I think we should be looking for about that time because I, I think if they feel like these guys can continue to learn at the NHL level, as they are, Sillinger needs to get out of his funk, but Kent Johnson's awakening a little bit more each night. Chinikov's in and out. You see it some nights, you don't others. If these guys are eligible to go to the American Hockey League and play in the playoffs, um, I think you could see that pitch being made. It wouldn't be at the end of the, it would be when the Blue Jackets season is over. And the AHL season is starting. They could be cleared to play in the American Hockey League playoffs. I think that could be a very beneficial experience for them. Um, and I think Cleveland would be pretty fired up about it. That might be the in-between to this. Uh, it's to make sure that they're cleared and can play there in the postseason. It sure looks like they're going to make the postseason in Cleveland. That's a hell of a team. Um, and by the way, Trent Vogelhuber, his status as a coach is really on the climb. Um, this game loves bright young coaching prospects, and he is certainly one of them. And as much as you think it, it, it takes a long time to get where you want to get to, it can also happen very quickly. He is, he's a name on the rise. Um, somebody to consider as, uh, who will be on a lot of radars if, if this keeps up in, in, in not too many years. Um, if Bemstrom goes back to Cleveland, does he need to clear waivers again? Well, he is back in Cleveland. Uh, he was sent back before he went through. The, the rule, Ryan, is I believe I should check on this because it's been a little bit. It's usually 10 games or 30 days in the NHL. If you're there for longer than either of those, you have to clear. Um, and I believe Bemstrom played seven games before he went, went went back down. He wasn't up here for 30 days. Um, now, that clock keeps ticking. So when he comes back up, it's not 10 more games. Um, but that's how they can get him bound, down right now. Um, Aaron, is there a scenario in which uh, Tarasov and Corpy become our one-two? Uh, this is from Faye T. And Faye, there is, but there's a there's a name that would have to clear out there, and I'm not sure how you do that. It would, it's Elvis Merzlikens would be moving along somewhere. Um, he, listen, I, that's a hard player to trade. Period. That's a hard contract to trade right now. Um, if you're the Blue Jackets, he's just starting the first of a five-year deal. Hasn't Played great. They would need to get him cranked up and, and up to speed before they would even consider that. But 
yes, Tarasov is it, Tarasov has to look to me. And Elvis did this a couple of years ago. This is how guys get their job in the NHL. I've said this before. You don't just wait around for your time. Uh, that is not how it works. You've got to knock the door down and take somebody else's job. And it, Tarasov is playing that well. Again, I think they want him to get some some day-to-day experience. He needs games to really be developed correctly. Um, but I, it, it, this is not going to take long if Tarasov keeps playing as well as he does and, and others continue to struggle. Um, this is how it works. Um, let's see. Let's go. But we, we got a few more text questions we will get to. Let's go back to the stage queue. Uh, I see Matt C. Uh, Matt, let me bring you in here. Matt, what do you got? Hello, Matt. Oh, can you hear me? Sorry, my mic was off. Yeah, yeah you're fine. I got you. All right. So I have a question. Um, in my opinion, I don't think this roster is going to finish bottom three, um, especially after watching like Chicago. You know, we got the Ducks out there. Um, you know, especially, uh, you know, after, you know, Arizona sells off. So I guess my question would be, you know, again, we're going to have another probably where we have the 10th pick, another draft. Would it make sense to go out and trade for, you know, a Bo Horvat if he's available? Or, you know, maybe wish Dylan Larkin becomes a UFA and we can sign him. Like, I just don't see the direction because, again, like we're going to miss out on some really great prospects, um, especially down the middle of the ice. And that's a huge weakness. Um, Just watching this team, it's like sorely missed. Like, I I don't know what the direction, where they're going to go, how they're going to improve the defense other than just waiting on the kids. Um, So if I can just get your insights, like, I don't know. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you watch this team and you're like, okay, well, like they look good, but where's the center going to come from? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let me pitch this to you. Right now they are tied for, what would it be, 30th in the league with Chicago. Technically they're ahead of Chicago, but only Anaheim and Chicago are, are, are below them. Um, but it's a cluster, right? They're They're not – too far from being eight eight steps ahead of that, four or five points away. Um, I will say this, though, and I think it's something that needs to be considered. They have played 15 of their 21 games uh, as the home team. Now, these, these are flawed a little bit because of the two games in Finland. One was a home game, one was an away game. Let's take those out of the equation. They played 19 games either at their own rink or in another NHL rink. And 14 of those have been at home. In other words, there's a lot of road coming for this team. And as plucky as they've been right now, I just know Wierenski to me is the absolute killer. Um, I, I don't see a way out of this significantly. I know what you're saying. The way they're playing right now, in a way you want to cheer this on if you're a fan, I'm sure. But on the other hand, there's a little bit of, what are you doing? Um, Because it's not going to be so 
so good that you make the playoffs and all you're going to do is ruin. Here we are again. God, it seems like we're here every year having this conversation. I think this might be the year, though, um, with all of those road games coming, with with no Wierenski. I mean, the, the power play is not going to get – has been pretty good. I don't think they can sustain this. Um, we're also talking about a league that only gets tougher as the season moves along. The hill only gets steeper, uh, especially as teams get into the second half and start really getting desperate for points. It's only going to get harder. I think it's going to be a rough final 60 games here, if I can be honest with you. And maybe that's exactly what they need. Um, I've gone over the Horvat thing. That just doesn't make a ton of sense for me right now um, from their perspective, unless he signs an extension with them. And it doesn't make any sense from his perspective to sign an extension with them. If he wants to be in Columbus so bad, he can do that as a UFA this summer. There's no hurry to get here right now. Um, Now, I I just don't think Columbus gives up a huge package for him without assurances that he can be here long term. Um, So I think I think this is a mess that they've got to live with. And I know what you're saying. I I don't think it's healthy for anybody to root for losses. Um, I, but, but you also don't, you also can't be in no man's land, which is where this organization has spent sadly the majority of its years. Um, I made a list the other day of the centers they've drafted and where they've drafted, and why they haven't worked out. Um, it's tough. It's got to change or, or nothing's going to change. Um, but Matt, maybe this is, Maybe this is the year. As tough as that would be to go through, maybe this is the year. Yeah, I mean, I I agree for sure. This is like the year. This is the year to do it if they're going to do it. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of, I think, when Tampa bottomed out to get Hedman. They already had Stamkos. They already had a pretty good team, if if I remember correctly. So this almost kind of reminds me of that situation. But it's like, man, if they miss out on another another cent, a center, you know, I just don't know where they're going to get it from. So, well, that's, that's what, yeah, that's what the draft is. That's what this is this year. That's what makes this draft so alluring to so many scouts. Is not only is it loaded with talent, much more. I I think I've heard some guys say that the top five or six guys in this year's draft, they think by the time that the draft board goes this year, would have gone before the first player last year. Um, that's how top heavy this one is. And so many of those players are centers. So maybe this is the year in, in multiple ways, but Matt, thanks for the comment. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Yep. And let me bring, bringing in a person again, whose name did not show up. I hear you. I hear life signs of life. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah. Who is this? This is Morgan. Sorry, I don't know why my name won't show up. It's annoying. No, you're fine. I have a little bit of a lighter question for you. Please. Um, I have three kids with birthdays in December and January. What games do you think would be the most fun home games we have coming up? Well, that's awesome. Um, December or so we're talking from now through the next couple of months. Um, You know, the uh, holiday games are always fun. Games are on the holiday. Um. The 27th against Buffalo should be fun. Two teams that are kind of um, struggling, but scrappy. The New Year's Eve game is always fun. Chicago will be in town. Um, I think those two jump off the page. 
you know, I mean, I don't know how old your kids are, if they're aware of players on other teams, but it would be pretty cool for them to uh, be able to say that they saw Alexander Ovechkin play. He's January 5th in Columbus. Um, I would nothing. <laughs> I might get in trouble with this. Um, but the Carolina games, as talented as that team is, as good as that team is, my God, can the games be awful, dreadful, boring. Um, so I, I would go, I would, I would go, I'm not a salesman, am I? December 27th against the Sabres, the 31st against Chicago, or I would say January 5th against the Washington Capitals and tell your kids, hey, listen, cheer for the Blue Jackets. But look at that number eight over there. That That's that's a guy you're going to want to remember. He could end up, he's already surpassed Wayne Gretzky's NHL record for goals on the road. He might end up with the unthinkable, scoring more goals than Wayne Gretzky. Think about that. Uh, thanks, Forty. Yeah, uh, they they do know who Ovechkin is. He might be the only non-Blue Jacket they know. So yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, enjoy the games. Thank you. Bye. Yep. Merry Christmas. All right. Let's go. Uh, we've got time for for a couple more. I see no one else on on uh, on queue. Uh, let's see here. Have there been any Vortex sightings at Nationwide, or is he just at home sitting in a dark room? Uh, I've, I have communicated with Jake. I think something's coming on Jake. He's not he's not uh, healthy enough, obviously, to play. Um, he is he he has suffered uh, a concussion, at least a concussion this year. Uh, so certainly rooting for the best of him. You won't find a uh, happier um, a, a guy who's more fun to be around. Just a, a fun loving guy. Um, so certainly rooting, rooting the best for Voracek. There's not much I can say on this one, uh, now just cause not much is known really about it. Um, Texier, this is from Sean G. Texier is my favorite. Just read your article. Any chance you're going to do a deeper dive in your opinion and your insider discussions? Is he a long-term blue jacket? So many people are feeling we do not know the whole story. Deeper dive potential. Well, I'm not holding out, uh, really anything on you. Um, I think we've reported that there were two losses in his family that he took really hard. Um, and the Blue Jackets have been patient with him. There's really nothing, there's no other way for them to be, I think, really. But but kudos to them for showing the concern and care that they have. Um, for those who haven't read the story, Jarmo Kekalainen is leaving today uh, for a weekend trip to Switzerland. I'd love to go with him. I'm a touch jealous. Um, but uh, he's going to have lunch with Texier and his agent tomorrow. He's going to watch Texier play two games. This is not an attempt to bring him back this year. This is not an attempt to to get assurances from him that he'll be back next year. He's just checking in on him. Um, and, you know, Texier has, has said in a statement, I want to talk to him. He's not agreed to do any interviews. I also don't want to be part of the problem if if him and I, I've, I've, I've made this clear to him and his agent he doesn't have to explain himself and he, he shouldn't see if if talking about this publicly is in any way an impediment to all of this just okay move we're fine 
You don't have to do that. Don't let this thing get bigger than it needs to get. Um, and I think they recognize that. I think they appreciate that. I don't think that's part of the problem. Um, I think he just wanted to be close to home for another year. This is something that I think as a North American, it's probably hard to really understand what a lot of European players go through. Um, and, you know, it really hit home a little bit in, on the, the trip to Finland this year when you realize all of the people close to these players who have not had a chance to see Line A, Corpusalo, uh, Rantanen, have not had a chance to see them play live, uh, in some cases, for a decade. Um, it, that's, that's a, that is a, um, that's a difficult thing to just leave your half of the world and go play in a foreign land because that's where the best league is. So, um, yeah, I, I think he'll be back one day. I do. I think he'll be back next season. I'll take him at his word. He's made it clear that this is not a, a case of him not liking Columbus, Ohio, or not wanting to play for the Blue Jackets anymore. It's not that. Uh, he has said this much. I'll take him at his word. Um, but that's that's really all we know at this point. Um, it, it's it's a little. This is dicey too. The, it's part of the. Um, I should get the terminology right here so that we don't. But it's part of the NHL's uh, substance abuse and and behavioral health. And as much as there should be no shame attached to either of those, I think a lot of people saw that and wondered if there was more to this than just him um, battling what could be depression and wanting to stay home. And I, I don't think there is. I think that's the extent of it. And I don't want to minimize that because that is significant in its own right. Um, so best wishes to, to Texier. Um, I hope he has a, uh, finds joy and is, and can make hockey part of that. I think that's the goal for everyone. Um, KDS says, is this going to be the format of front and nationwide for the season? Or will you bring in some guests from time to time? I will bring in some guests. Um, Katie, we will. Um, We've done it this way because I, I really like the idea of letting you ask the question so that the topic isn't just dictated from from here. Um, I've only let's see. Caleb says I have only been watching hockey for a couple of years. What is the best way to learn the game? Um, I would say keep watching and go to a game live, Caleb. Um, as dumb as this sounds, once you see a game live, it becomes easier to watch it on TV. Um, so there you go. Uh, Ryan C says. With the parade of monsters down I-71, I'm a little surprised we haven't seen Marchenko in the big show yet. Uh, do you think it's because he's still learning the North American game or is management trying to shield him from this current mess? Um, I don't think he left the KHL to play in the minor league, says Ryan, and I would agree with you. Um, I, I don't. Well, first of all, most of the injuries have, many of the injuries have been uh, to, the, to the defensive end of the ice. There have been some up front. Um, Carson Meyer has demanded a recall with his play. Marchenko has been really good. I do think there are aspects of his game that they're working on with him down there that they think could be a real problem in the NHL. Um, they're reluctant to sort of lay those issues out for uh, the world to see. Um, but it, there's no harm with a kid, uh, a young player being in the American hockey league and, and being ultra successful as Marchenko has. I just, I hope he keeps his head up and I hope he continues to, to play as he is. Um, Cause it's been a really good experience for him. 
Um, James T says these long road stretches will be a killer for a young team. Can't play matchups and can't get Crawley out to shut down their best line. Uh, going to be a lot of opposing top lines versus Ken Johnson on defense. Yeah. That James making more of a statement there, but yeah, I think that aligns with what I was saying earlier that I think things are going to get a lot tougher here. Um, yeah. Uh, culturally, I don't think the blue jackets have that in them. It sounds like we're having a conversation out here, which is cool. How much heat is on Yarmo right now? Says Ronald K. Um, I don't think, I don't think there's a ton of heat on him right now, but boy, this is pro sports. If, um, I think most people, when they look at the blue jackets, what's most important is what John Davidson sees when he looks at the blue jackets. And I think he sees a process that was just undertaken a year or so ago. Um, Sillinger, Johnson uh, coming in with Savard, Felino going out with really turning things over. Um, I don't think you expect that to be a straight line trajectory. Although, again, I'll, I'll say this, not to be that guy, but it's really easy to say, oh, the injuries have, have submarined this season. That's not being completely truthful. This team was not a good hockey team the first three weeks of the season. When they were mostly healthy, Liney was out, I'll give you. Danforth was injured at some point in there. But they, they, they played so poorly the first three weeks of the season, and it really wasn't about the injuries. They were lost defensively. Uh, they're so much better now. Unfortunately, most of their firepower has been sapped through the injuries. But as we mentioned, Line A looks like he's on his way back. Gaudreau and Chinikov practiced today. Uh, Bruce Leakins returned early last week. So some of these guys are starting to come back into the fold, see if they can put it together. Um, so we got time for one more. Let's go to James T. Looking ahead to the trade deadline, Corpusalo, Nyquist, Gavrikov, all likely on the block. Who could be one surprising addition? Uh, at that list come the deadline? Yeah, good question. Um, who's going to be healthy at that point at this, of the season? I mean, if you look at their at their forwards, there's, there's guys that are either bedrock parts of this team or very young players. Um, I could see them doing some some minor league deals. I don't think they've got a ton of parts to to slough off, to be quite honest with you. Um, but there, there are always surprises. You know, what what position do they have a duplicate of? Could Roslovic be moved? I don't rule that out. I, I'm certainly not reporting that. But there's a market for him, and they get the right offer. I don't think that's beyond the question. Um, yeah, so... Other than that, I, I don't think you're looking at a lot of a lot of guys on the move, other than the UFAs and and uh, maybe Rostovic. Um So let's end it there, folks. Listen, I really appreciate you chiming in. Um, we'll get together again next week. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for all the questions. Thanks, thanks for stepping up on stage and continue to check out uh, theathletic.com. The story up there right now on Texier. We'll be adding stories, uh, of course. Uh, continually as it moves along. Thanks a lot. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Take care.